0: Just a heads up, this series contains racist language and descriptions of violence. Back in the fall of 2019, I started texting with a source who said he had infiltrated a neo-Nazi terror group in the United States. I knew he was youngish, my age, in his late 20s, and that he was an infiltrator. He was trying to take down a neo-Nazi terror group. He said he'd gotten into the group, he was recording their calls, documenting their plans. He said they were vetting calls that members of the group did to screen new recruits. Basically, a job interview to be a domestic terrorist. The day of the call, he tells me he'll meet up with me in Brooklyn in the evening so that we can listen in together. So it's like 9 p.m., pouring rain, right near these long blocks of warehouses. Hardly no one's on the street and I'm sitting in the passenger seat of his car. We're waiting for the call to start, and this guy, the infiltrator, brings out this knife. It's a long steel blade that curves up at the end. Etched into the blade is an inscription, the name of the group he's infiltrated, the base. According to him, this is his proof that he's not only in the group, he's a leader. He says the founder of the group gave it to him as a token. I'd seen the knife before, and it proved to me that this guy, he's in deep. And I think I can trust him, that he's got real intel. He puts the knife back in the glove compartment and then dials into this conference call so I can listen in.
1: Okay, uh, date is uh, November 18th, 2019. It's 9 p.m. And we're gonna be interviewing someone from Dallas, Texas.
0: This is the recording from that night, we change the infiltrator's voice so that members of the base can't identify him. Roman, can you hear me? Yeah. This is the base's leader, a guy who goes by the aliases Roman Wolf and Norman Spear. At this point, no one knows his real name, but he claims to have worked as a contractor for the US military in Iraq and Afghanistan. And now here I am, listening as he essentially interviews candidates to build his neo-Nazi terrorist organization.
1: All right. So let's start out with the general question, and uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I live in I live in Texas. Uh, I work in a taxidermy shop. I am also an independent contractor for various companies uh, for their accounts uh, receivable departments. And what is your? Uh, okay, so you said uh, physical fitness level is high. What is your uh, ethnicity? I'm white, completely. Okay, can you-
0: The new recruit, he says his name is John. He's 39 and from Texas.
1: So let's get back to your kind of uh, journey, as you said, to to, to reach this point.
2: Frankly, I I started off as a libertarian because, I mean, when you're 18 and when you're kind of young and dumb in the area I grew up with, I mean, you're fed this, this notion in public schools and it's really rammed down your throat that all the races can get along. I was, uh, I was energized, as many of our people were, by uh, Donald Trump's campaign in 2016, by the alt-right.
0: The phone's on speaker, so I'm trying to be as quiet as I can. I'm anxious, excited, chain-smoking. Because if any of these neo-Nazis find out that I'm listening, it would blow the infiltrator's cover and my access. And I'm getting to hear these guys completely unfiltered
1: you also feel comfortable uh, in training in firearms? What is your religious background or beliefs? So what is your ideology? So it would be white nationalist uh, leaning towards a national socialist. So how did you hear about the base? Exactly.
0: By the time I'm sitting in this car, I've been looking into the base for months. So I know a lot about the group. I know that there are a few dozen members, that most of them are avowed neo-Nazis, and that their goal is to start a race war, to overthrow the U.S. government, plunge the country into chaos, and create their own society, a white ethno-state. In other words, they are a violent neo-Nazi terrorist group, one of many hiding in plain sight in the United States. I would just want to make sure that um, he understands what kind of a thing he's getting into because he's been in once the potential recruit john gets off the call spear and the other members talk more openly
1: i would just want to make sure that he fully understands that it's that this is like clandestine like you can't you can't show any hints to anybody about any of this shit that's the only thing that um, i would want to make sure that he really understands yeah when the school masks and selecthorn come out you know, and uh, right. you know we start talking about eating yeah. babies and shit. Uh, right. We start cutting goats' heads off. Yeah. Just yeah. Want to make sure that he understands. <laughs> you that know. That this is not the Proud Boys. Does he really realize, like, you know, how, you know, radical? I guess you could say we really are.
0: From Vice News and Gimlet, I'm Ben Maku, and this is American Terror. Episode one, Infiltrated. I cover extremism and I started investigating the base back in 2018 with my reporting partner, Mac Lamora, a fellow Canadian. We'd been digging through the base's online chats for months. Mac has been an essential part of all the reporting you're about to hear, even though I'll be narrating the story. It's now been four years of this, day in and day out, calling and tracking and trying to understand what this group is going to do next. And what I've noticed over these years is that their beliefs and ideology have started to spread outward into the wider public.
2: Our coverage of the breaking news out of
1: Western New York continues this hour. Police say an 18-year-old man dressed in tactical gear and protective armor opened fire at a grocery store in Buffalo just hours ago, killing 10 people and we'll need three others
0: Like the shooting in Buffalo, where a white man killed 10 black people at a grocery store. The shooter wrote a document that sounded really familiar.
2: The 180-page document was posted online just two days before the massacre. The author referred to himself as a white supremacist and repeatedly referenced the mass shooter who killed 51 people at a New Zealand mosque.
0: To be clear, as far as we know, the shooter was not affiliated with the base. But he had the same racist beliefs followed similar neo-Nazi philosophy, used similar language about the desire for a race war and the collapse of society, and cited the same conspiracy theories that I'd seen in neo-Nazi chats, that I'd heard members of the base talk about on those calls. And this ideology and the acts of terrorism being committed by people who believe it, it seems to be spreading across the US and across the globe. One of the goals of groups like the base is to have individuals who aren't directly a part of the group carrying out the violence they want to see, sowing terror and fear in a very public, very chaotic way. And recently, I've been seeing references to some far-right conspiracy theories being parroted by the mainstream media.
1: You've heard a lot about the great replacement theory recently. It's everywhere in the last two days.
0: This is Tucker Carlson, just a few days after the shooting. The quote, great replacement theory is part of a white supremacist conspiracy that says that nefarious forces have a plan to actively replace white people with non-white immigrants in order to win elections and take power.
1: The Center for American Progress announced that, quote, supporting real immigration reform that contains a pathway to citizenship for our nation's 11 million undocumented immigrants is the only way to maintain electoral strength in the future. Oh, right replacement theory, anyone? These people are lunatics.
0: This false narrative that the, quote, white race is under attack has been used again and again throughout history, in Europe and in the U.S. It's being cited by numerous neo-Nazi terrorists. And now it's on Fox News, on a show that's watched by millions of people every night and being repeated by far-right Republican politicians.
1: For many Americans, what they believe right now is happening is we're replacing national-born American, native-born Americans to permanently transform the political landscape of this very nation.
2: Overall, 48% of Americans, overall Americans, agreed that demographic changes were part of a, quote, purposeful plan to replace white voters.
0: This far-right ideology is spreading and it's dangerous. But I don't think the stakes are clear to the majority of Americans. When I say domestic terrorism, depending on your age, you probably see different images. This is an earthen dam, the temporary grave of three civil rights workers, two white, one Negro, Mickey Schwerner, Andrew Goodman,
1: and James Cheney, beaten and shot to death. Among those indicted for this triple
0: slaying were six men identified as members of the Ku Klux Klan. Maybe you see Klan-style hoods, the bombings of black homes and churches in the South, burning crosses, the whole toolkit we've heard about for years.
2: The you know, skinhead scene was started back in the 60s, you know? And um, it's really, it's really racial-oriented. You know, we're white racists.
0: Or maybe you see swastika tattoos and big black Doc Martens, the buzzed heads of neo-Nazis from the 80s and 90s.
2: We believe in fighting for our race, and we'll defend it even to the death.
0: What you might not have seen is how this threat has changed over the years and what it's become, what it looks like right now. The people I'm reporting on, they're part of a violent underground pseudo-insurgency, a far-right extremist movement that sometimes might pretend to be patriotic, but ultimately wants the US to collapse. They adhere to a philosophical ideal called accelerationism. Accelerationism actually started as an old leftist idea, that you can push capitalism to accelerate so intensely that there's a breakdown of society, a total collapse. And then the idea is that once everything is destroyed, you can then rebuild it as you see fit. But now the term accelerationism is almost exclusively used by far-right extremists and neo-Nazi groups.
1: I guess I would take it a step further and I would say, find opportunities to help accelerate, if at all possible.
0: For these people, the idea is that the collapse of government is a necessary first step towards a race war and the eventual establishment of a new, explicitly white state. You
1: know, at the same time, I, I do put myself in that camp. I mean, I do view, I, I am an accelerationist. I do believe there's no political solution.
0: I first noticed the base's founder, Norman Speer, on Twitter. It was 2018 and I'd been following members of another neo-Nazi group, and it led me to his profile. I remember his photo, a man with a dark, deep-set eyes, shaped head, and a bushy beard. His tweets were focused on war and insurgency, bomb-making manuals, and posts praising Hitler, quote, Führer, you were only the beginning. We will finish what you started. On another platform, Speer wrote, It's only terrorism if we lose. If we win, we get statues of us put up in parks. It was here that Spears started advertising a new project, what he called The Base. He saw it as a way for a web of militant cells with global reach to network, share and create propaganda, and organize in-person trainings, with the goal of carrying out violent terrorist attacks. The race war The Base wants to start? They call it a bunch of different things a Civil War 2.0, the Boogaloo, when, quote, shit hits the fan. The main point is that it will be extremely violent and that they'll kill whoever they feel goes against their neo-Nazi ideology. People of color, Jews, white people who are, quote, race traders, and journalists like me. At the time, Spears shared a link to a WordPress site where there was a questionnaire asking potential recruits their age, race, military and engineering experience, and affiliations with other far-right extremist groups. Anyone who got past the questionnaire was invited into a secret chat group on an app called Matrix. And eventually, through Source, I got my hands on those chats. They read like a series of interconnected online training camps. There were rooms to discuss racist and neo-Nazi literature, There were regional rooms for members to plan firearms training. There was a library of downloadable PDFs, bomb-making manuals, gunsmithing, and interrogation techniques. There were probably a couple dozen men involved at that point. All of them used aliases. And they chatted a lot. They'd write out detailed violent scenarios. I watched them share memes of killing journalists and politicians, or how they're going to take over the state of Maine and turn it into their vaunted white ethnostate and then quickly joke that it's just satire, in case the FBI was watching.
1: Federal prosecutors said today that the suspects were caught on camera talking about killing people, poisoning water supplies, derailing trains, and starting a civil war.
0: As I was reading their conversations in real time, I could see the group was spreading all over the country. Delaware, Georgia, Wisconsin, Maryland, Michigan. There were small groups in Canada, and they were actively recruiting in the UK and Australia. If you wish to break your dependency on the degenerate system. They made recruitment videos like this one, with the narrator's voice distorted to mask it, for obvious reasons.
1: Or at the very least,
0: loosen its grip on your life. Join the base. And then, as I was reporting in October 2018, there was yet another mass shooting. At least 11 people are dead and six more wounded after a man walked into a synagogue near downtown Pittsburgh with an assault rifle and three handguns and opened fire. Maybe you heard about it. Maybe you forgot about it. There are so many mass shootings in the United States. It would be hard for most people to keep track. A gunman stormed a synagogue and killed 11 people. Synagogue shooting
2: suspect... Online posts and reposts were filled with hate, referring to Jews as the children of Satan, and both Jews and Muslims as filthy and evil.
0: In the days before, the gunman had posted on one of the same platforms that members of the base were using. He claimed he was angry about immigration and the number of immigrants headed to the US. And so I watched in the chat as members of the base and Spear reacted to the shooting. Speer called the shooter, quote, one of us. He wrote that this was a, quote, positive sign. He was hoping that this mass shooting would spark the government to pass gun control laws, hate speech laws, because in his opinion, actions like that would enrage people across the country and start the insurrection. To spear and other members of the base, a mass shooting like this could be the beginning of the end, the spark of the coming civil war, which was, of course, Exactly what they wanted. A month later, in November 2018, my co-reporter Mac and I published our first big expose, outing the group, and it really pissed them off.
2: All right, so let's see. Today's date is Tuesday, November 27th. Uh, it's about 9:30 a.m. And
0: Norman wants to talk about who he thinks the who he thinks the mole is. This is one of their group calls a week after our article came out. They're trying to figure out who the mole is, who in their group had let us in. Hello.
1: Hey, can you hear me OK?
0: Yep.
1: OK, I don't have the greatest signal where I am, so I apologize ahead of time if we start breaking up a little bit. Um, yeah, so I uh, yesterday, I went back over the article uh, in more, more detail, more carefully
0: basically spirit gone back and poured over our article, searching for clues.
1: second thing we need to figure out is who the rats are, because they're talking about a, a network from coast to coast of infiltrators, is what they're saying.
0: He tells the group on this call that he's read the article a few times, and he thinks he knows who the mole is. How we got in.
1: We might have to accept the fact that at this point, it's not necessarily going to be a way to, net, to, to, to determine 100% who it is. I mean, I think we have our suspicions that are very reasonable and probably
0: accurate. After that first story comes out, Twitter deplatforms Spear, and I hear that law enforcement is now tracking Spear and looking more seriously at the base. Later, I'll get my hands on other calls from around this time.
1: Basically, the enemy is like circling like vultures, okay? (laughs) Overhead constantly, waiting for somebody to fuck up.
0: Spear's leading the calls and setting the tone, and he warns that now there's going to be heat on the group.
1: We are, uh, you know, heavily monitored by the, the, this, the system, okay? By the feds, by Jewish NGOs, by Antifa, etc. You name it. The media, okay? They're yeah, we're a big target. Yeah, we're a big target. They're constantly trying to come after it, trying to disrupt us, trying to infiltrate, etc., etc., etc.
0: But they also know that our articles, all this publicity, means their name is out there. So they start postering online and in real life to try to take advantage of the attention to get new recruits. Their motto was simple, save your race, join the base.
1: We are you know trying to appeal to a very specific kind of subset of of people. And there's not many of us who who a have our mindset and b are willing to actually act on that mindset or or, or take some sort of action.
0: Because they want to get bigger.
1: It's like you're confronted with the reality of what we're doing. And, I mean, none of us are under any illusion of what is at stake and what the risks are.
0: The real-world stakes of the base after the break. So our reporting on the base doesn't stop them. And being kicked off Twitter doesn't stop them. They just burrow deeper into their chat rooms, and their hidden online training camps turn into real ones. Throughout 2018 and into 2020, the infiltrator collects hundreds of internal calls, which become this rare open door into the inner workings of a domestic terrorist organization. Some of this tape has been heard before at publications like CBC News and the Southern Poverty Law Center. But not all of it and definitely not with the context of what we now know about the threat of domestic extremism inside the United States. The Oath Keepers went into the Capitol through the east
1: doors in two stack formations. The DOJ alleges that one of the stacks went into the Capitol looking for Speaker Pelosi. On January 6th, Stuart Rhodes, the the founder of the Oath 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 Keepers, made a phone call trying to reach and connect with Former President Donald Trump.
2: Among the crowd of rioters that stormed the Capitol, authorities say members of the Proud Boys were out front. A Texas man will be among the first January 6th defendants to face a jury trial over his alleged role in the Capitol attack. He's an alleged member of the Three Percenters militia group.
1: It's getting to the point that Congress is so fucked up
0: This is one of the base's recruitment calls from back in 2019.
1: What really needs to happen right now is about 200,000 true patriots need to march up into fucking, into the Capitol building and put a bullet in everybody's head in the motherfucker without reservation or concern with the feelings of the people they leave behind. Just kill everybody fucking in it. And then turn around and say, look, we're done. This is what's going to happen from this point on.
0: This call is from a full year and a half before the riot on January 6th and the attack on the US Capitol. The events in Washington have taken a violent and tumultuous turn in the past few hours as thousands of supporters of President Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol building. I didn't go to D.C. for January 6th.
2: It was a sea of lawlessness incited by the president, storming the halls
0: of Congress. Instead, I watched it all unfold online. And I think for the majority of people in America watching that day, what they saw was a toxic mass of angry white people, which, fair enough. But Jan 6 was so much more than a bunch of random racists coming together. If you knew what to look for, you could see that not only were these people organized, a lot of them belonged to very specific far-right extremist groups. The bright orange hats and armbands of the Proud Boys, the yellow logo of the Oath Keepers, and a skull mask that members of different far-right extremist groups wear, like the base. Though to be clear, we were not able to confirm whether members of the group were there that day. And you don't have to take my word for it, that the rioters wanted to take down the U.S. government. A lot of people said what they were there for, openly.
1: Death is the only remedy for what's in that building. Everybody in there is a treasonous traitor. What's the penalty for treason? Death! Shit!
2: USA.
0: Here's one direct quote from a neo-Nazi telegram channel. I was in D.C. and I can tell you, this is the beginning of the start of white revolution in the United States. I knew that this was planned, that this was intended to be a spark.
1: We are trying to appeal to a very specific subset of,
0: of people. If Jan 6 was a surfacing event, something that brought to light all of these organizations that have been operating in the shadows, my work has been to follow, to keep following what's happening underground.
1: There's not many of us who who A, have our mindset, and B, are willing to actually act on that mindset or, or, or take some sort of action.
0: Because we've been here before. These guys and the guys who came before them are part of a nearly unbroken chain of organized, violent, far-right extremist groups that have been operating in the United States for decades. I'm talking about a bigger movement, And so everything from the Oath Keepers to the base, that's what we're going to call them, far-right extremists. But when I talk about these more recent groups, like the base, that openly subscribe to Nazism and want to overthrow the government and sow fear throughout society, I'm also going to use the more specific term, neo-Nazi terrorism.
1: We allow our members to have their own beliefs for the most part, you just gotta be pro-white. As long as your beliefs don't interfere with the survival of our race.
0: Over the course of this reporting, I've listened to hours and hours of the calls the infiltrator recorded. And they gave me a clear sense of what types of people are becoming radicalized, what their motivations are to join up.
2: I was kind of just a typical conservative. You know, I didn't really... It was the 2016 election that I started realizing the problem with immigration. That was the first thing.
0: Many of the guys are young, in their teens and 20s. Many say they'd been Republicans or libertarians, but that the party isn't doing enough for white people or isn't passing and enforcing strict enough immigration policies. And they talk openly and actively about their hatred of women, of beating women to keep them submissive, of having sex with women to have white babies, which they will raise as Nazis. Several of the members also say they were in the military or still are.
2: I go off and deploy in July. And that'll be for 15 months, but then I will be back.
0: Like this guy, who says he's in the National so, Guard.
2: But yeah, I'm a 19 kilo, so
1: I do tank shit. I'm, I basically am, you know, an operator of the M1A from Stank Crewman. Right, but I mean, you know, even when you do deploy, I'm assuming that you'll still be able to make contact with us. Uh, Through the internet, yes.
0: There are hundreds of calls that talk to dozens and dozens of guys all over the world. In Australia, UK, Canada but they're really focused on recruiting members in the US, particularly young guys who are interested in military-style training. And Speer, as the interviewer, is careful. He doesn't talk about anything illegal in the calls, and there's a strict mandate that they don't talk about any plans for violence. Remember, Speer has said that he had military experience, and he constantly talks about operational security, or OPSEC they have to prevent sensitive information from getting out. These calls happened throughout 2019, and then in August of that year... At least 18 people have died and dozens injured in that mass shooting at a shopping complex in El Paso. There's another racist mass shooting, this one in El Paso, Texas. This is now one of the top 10 deadliest mass shootings in U.S. history. A 21-year-old targets Latinos at a local Walmart, kills 23 people, and injures dozens more
1: federal officials are treating the El Paso shooting as a case of domestic terrorism.
0: This shooter also believed in that Great Replacement conspiracy theory. He wrote a document that basically said white people are being killed or forcibly replaced by non-white immigrants. The same beliefs held by the man who attacked the two mosques in New Zealand, and the shooter at the synagogue in Pittsburgh, and by members of the base.
1: Uh, so this will be um, 30 minutes to, uh, to an hour, depending on the questions that you have in the second half. Okay.
0: We'll go over the information that you provided so far. This is a call from around that time, with a guy who says he's a college student from California.
1: So let's uh, get started with a general question and tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, okay. Uh-huh. I am from California. Uh, I'm currently attending college. I've been National Socialist for probably five years.
0: National Socialist is short for Hitler's Nazis. And this college kid claims to have an Air 15 rifle, the type many mass shooters have used.
2: Uh, In terms of firearms, uh, I recently purchased one of my own. Uh, I have an Air 15 Uh, i practiced with it for a few weekends. I would say, like, I'm not a bad shot, but I don't think I have enough experience to call myself a good one. All right, so how old are you? Uh, Exactly? Yeah. 19.
0: He says he's been a Nazi since he was 14, when he started to deny that the Holocaust happened. Says he's read neo-Nazi books, and he's constantly thinking about the coming collapse of civilization.
2: Well, uh, I think that, America is headed for civilizational collapse. And I think the base could give me like-minded people and useful skills for when that inevitably happens.
0: Slowly, Spear walks through his questions. What's this guy's ethnicity? Is he physically fit? Does he have a driver's license? A car? They ask him how many people know he's a Nazi. Like, how does he dress in public?
2: Generally, like, if you're in the know-you-know kind of shirts to, like, the gym... So I could like, because I ran in, I met uh, like three, three of my racist friends because one of them was wearing like a Black Sun necklace while he was working out.
0: The Black Sun or the Sonnenrod is a Nazi symbol that was popularized among neo-Nazis after World War II. Today, a lot of Nazis wear it because if you don't know what it is, it just looks like a geometric design. So it can be assigned to other Nazis but go totally undetected by the general public.
2: So I was doing stuff like that to try to, like, like, nothing, like, explicit, you know, I wasn't wearing, like, a swastika or anything, but, like, i wear stuff like that to the gym to try to, like, meet friends. Uh, my parents know, uh, and my friends know, but it's not like everyone knows or anything. Um,
1: all right, do, do you think that the masses can be red-pilled?
0: Red-pilling, like from The Matrix, when people wake up and realize life as they understand it is a lie, it's how far-right extremists talk about being radicalized.
2: No, I think uh, only people like of exceptional intelligence can be. I think the masses will come over uh, once we win.
1: What was a red pilling moment f- for you in your life, uh, like an experience that you had?
2: That also it was that you- overall. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. It was overall ahead. just growing up in California. I was surrounded by mostly like Filipinos, Asians, Mexicans, Blacks. And just watching how they behave and watching like, I don't know, occasionally like white women intermingle with them. It just disgusted me.
0: When the college student gets off the call, Speer tells the group that he likes him, and they talk about how they can meet him in person. As I'm listening into these calls, Speer starts putting together a compound for the base. He buys 30 acres of land in Washington State.
2: You can see the parcels here, 30 acres of basically nothing.
0: Having land would give them a physical base to recruit and to train, together and in private. In the chats, Spear talks about planning a training in 2019 so members could learn military tactics and record more propaganda videos. But someone leaks his plans to local anti-fascist activists, and then word gets out. What the base has done with that land, we don't know, but the County's website does
2: still list those parcels as owned by a company called Base Global.
0: Then, during the fall of 2019 and into 2020, members of the base, some of the guys on these calls, start to act.
1: The vandalism of a Racine synagogue in September is helping shine a light on the base, which the FBI describes as a, quote, white racially motivated extremist group.
2: Now to other news, new arrests investigators say are tied to what authorities describe as a neo-Nazi group.
0: This is a literal neo-Nazi group, it's white supremacist. It's pushing for a race war to bring on the end of democracy. So uh, pretty full on and uh, pretty aggressive. Law
2: enforcement around the country have been put on alert by the FBI, Homeland Security and the National Counterterrorism Center.
0: The graffiti swastikas and anti-Semitic phrases on synagogues in Wisconsin and Michigan. But it goes way further than that. They also plan the murders of anti-fascist activists.
1: This Friday, three men are under arrest, accused of being part of an extremist group plotting to murder a couple in Bartow County. New court documents allege the three are part of a white nationalist group called The Base.
0: One member talks about blowing up trains and poisoning water supplies. And soon, some of them get caught.
1: The FBI says William the Fourth and two others are members of a group called The Base and wanted to attack a gun rights rally in Virginia to try and start a race war.
0: In Virginia, federal agents arrest three members who had planned a mass shooting at a gun rights rally. Not because they're against gun rights, but because they think a mass shooting at an event like that will accelerate a race war. And they think a rally, where there will be a lot of guns, is a good place to start.
2: And just two days ago, three other men alleged to be base members were arrested. Investigators believe they were plotting to attend the Virginia rally with hopes of starting a racial
0: war. By spring of 2020, after these arrests, the whole group goes silent. But this is one extremist group, There are so many that share their beliefs. And I'd been following these guys for years now. So I know when they go quiet, it doesn't mean they're gone. It just means that they're reevaluating their approach, how they organize, how they recruit, taking a slightly different shape. And they'll be back.
1: In general, you know, we're kind of fucking just ghosts on an app to them.
0: So Mac and I follow them as they go farther underground.
1: Like, you're going to dox us and think that we're you're going to make us, like, you know, cower. Like, no. Like, fuck you. We're going to be right here in your face.
0: Because they're always there, planning what comes next.
1: Um, I mean, I don't think this is over by a long time. Oh, no. No, no, no. I mean, it's never going to be over.
0: If I've learned anything reporting on this, it's that far-right extremism is the single most significant domestic terror threat we faced in our lifetime and it will keep on going and getting worse until we stop refusing to see it. And what's the difference between a Nazi and a neo-Nazi?
1: Neo means new, a new Nazi. I'm not a new Nazi, I'm just a Nazi. The Nazis never went away. They never went away.
0: Part of what I'm going to do is take you through what we've uncovered, how these groups formed and metastasized. What would you say to people who think, you know, Adam Uh Waffen Division, it's only 50 guys. They don't need to be taken too seriously. They're not al-Qaeda, they're not ISIS. What would be your response?
2: Um, okay. They're not al-Qaeda and ISIS? Well, al-Qaeda and ISIS started somewhere. They were only 40 or 50 people at one time, too. And wait a minute, they brought down a building in the United States, two buildings, and over 5,000 people died because of it.
0: How they're connected to the deep roots of racism, fascism, and white supremacy in this country.
1: Race mixing is one of the things which is causing the breakdown of American society and the alienation of the people generally. He wanted to bomb the Murrow building. This would be a uh, warning shot across that would reverberate all across the country if, if we
0: blew this thing up. I'm also going to break down their ideology so you can see the connections, the threats that I see.
1: So just because January 6th was not a mass casualty event should not confuse us into thinking that the next thing won't be a mass casualty event.
0: And I'm going to give you the background to understand what it sounds like when these far-right racist ideas appear in the mainstream. Massive demographic changes have been foisted upon the American people. And they're changes that none of us ever voted for and most of us don't like. I'm gonna talk to the people who've tried to stop these groups. My buddy calls me up and says, hey, Goldie, I joined a neo-Nazi group, and I want you to help me take him down. And the people inside of them. How are you feeling about this interview? Um, we'll see. I'm kind of like, I'm more like, let's see if this guy shows up. Because up until now, the United States as a whole has failed to fight this threat, to see it for what it is. Do you want the white ethno-state?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do certainly, but we personally
1: feel that a way that does stay well, maybe a good middle ground, is not going far enough.
0: And we can't keep failing, because the stakes are too high.
1: Well, it's total area victory, the only area in the entire planet.
0: This is American Terror. American Terror is a Spotify original podcast from Vice Audio and Gimlet Media. It's reported by me, Ben Maku, as well as Mac Lamara, Ashley Cleek, Sam Egan, Sophie Kazis, and Zachary Kamel. It's produced by Sam Egan and Sophie Kazis, and executive produced by Ashley Cleek and by Colin Campbell and Nicole beamster from Gimlet. Sound design and original music composition by Pran Bandy. Editing by Kate Osborne from Vice Audio and Brendan Klinkenberg from Gimlet. Janet Lee is the Senior Production Manager at Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Maximo Anderson and Nicole Pasulka. Joshua Fisher-Birch was our expert consultant. Special thanks to Katie Sheward, Miguel Fernandez-Flores, Anna Sebeskin, Mac Lamora, Tim Marchman, Josh Visser, Kisa White, and The Infiltrator for risking his life to bring this story to the public. I'm Ben Maku.